Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. I'm going to try to give people some perspective. I'm going to talk about a couple of different subjects and try to put some pieces together for them so they can see through this fake freedom machine with the of, by, and for the people and have them think about it in a slightly different way and hopefully open their mind. Also give you some ammo to use against other people who are these brainwashed people running around, maybe in your friends or family circle. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth. And the truth is that I was a constitutional conservative for many, many years and believed all of it. Used to tell people about it and get arguments with so-called liberals about it. I mean, just believed all the stupid crap I was told. And then about 25 years ago, I got the Internet. And in fairly short order, I figured out I'd been scammed. That constitutional conservatism was just another lie. A big lie. A big, huge, fat lie. Just a lie to keep me on a tax-paying plantation serving the elite. That's all it is. And when I figured that out, I became self-certified as a master practitioner. I didn't need those constitutional conservative jokers anymore. I've also given myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for all the fantastic work I've done on these podcasts. (laughs) And I'm going to give myself the Medal of Freedom Award when the movie is finally released, I think, because I've earned that. I think that's the highest medal that a civilian can uh, bestow upon himself. And so I think I'm going to do that for myself. (laughs) And I like having fake awards and telling people about them because... One of the biggest problems we have is people just believe credentials. They think to having a credential behind your name or to say you're an expert, so-called, in something means that your opinion is actually more valid than somebody who simply just thought about it. That's why I do it, because I think it's funny. It points it out how absurd it all is. All right, enough fooling around. Let's go ahead and get this show going. So I want to make a show today to give people some general perspective, because there's so much confusion and misunderstanding, and there's no perspective because the con-cons and media and the framework, the narratives that people are given are so screwed up. They don't make any sense. They hide everything that's important and they promote everything that's not important. They have this endless blather about freedom and individual liberty and the greatest system ever. People hear this stuff, I mean, 24-7 their entire lives, every single part of the narrative, every single part. Doesn't matter if it's left, right, center, libertarian, it doesn't make any difference. The exact same underlying narrative that the system itself is fantastic and brilliant and is only a problem because we don't have the right people in there. Both sides think we don't have the right people in there, and there's absolutely nothing that could be further from the truth. The system itself is structurally completely and totally screwed and can never work, even in theory. The way the system works now is completely absurd. I want to give some really fundamental examples of it. Number one, the idea that the states and the people are free and have all these rights, it's not true. It's tangibly, demonstrably, provably not true. And that is this idea that somehow no state is free to leave unless everybody else in all the other states agrees to let them leave. That is the fundamental principle in which the so-called civil war was fought. Of course, I've proved with ChatGPT that the Norse arguments along those lines were completely and totally 
without any legal merit at all and make absolutely no sense. And there's such a fundamental reason for this. And I want to explain to people that if you just look at the uncontested facts about the way the system is supposedly set up with the brilliance, the brilliance of the system and the rights, uh, it just shows that it's not true. And the very first one is this stupid idea, this Article 5 convention, which I did that hilarious show on last time, showing people that the Article 5 convention is in no way ever going to solve anything. But if you look at the structure of the way it's even theoretically supposed to come about, which is that you get, I think, two-thirds of the states or two-thirds of each of the houses have to call for one of these conventions, and then whatever shoots out of the conventions has to be approved by three-quarters of the states. So you have to get three-quarters of the states in order to get the Constitution amended. Well, how many of the states do you need in order to get a Supreme Court opinion? How many? You need zero. (laughs) So the unelected group up there sitting on the bench can just write something down. That's not even agreed to by three-quarters of them. And there's no set number of them sitting on the court. As I've showed people and told them in that other episode, absolutely nothing in the Constitution prevents us from having only one Supreme Court justice. And absolutely nothing prevents it from being Hunter Biden or somebody like him. Nothing. There's no obligation to be a so-called lawyer, go to law school, be licensed. Nothing like that's in there. They can put anybody they want up there. (laughs) Anybody. They can literally have a five-year-old. There's not even an age requirement. There's nothing. They could make a complete mockery of it if they wanted to in order to drive home the point of how stupid the actual structural system is. Okay, see, so it's not like you've got 50 justices up there and you have to get three quarters of the justices on the court to agree in order for there to be an opinion, in which case at least then, even though they weren't elected and sit for life and all this other stupid made-up shit that they claim, at least then, if you had one from every state, then you'd at least have the same rough composition that's required to get a constitutional amendment, because when they speak, it does amend the Constitution. They say it doesn't because they claim they're just interpreting, but they also reverse themselves. They also just dream shit up like abortion. They also say all sorts of stuff that has absolutely no constitutional basis whatsoever. And regardless of how so-called wrong they are and how much so-called bad law they make, it does become the so-called law of the land under the system we're told exists. And so... One man who's unelected can make law that's constitutional law, and yet the people who are supposedly in charge, it takes 75% of all the states to agree in order to so-called get an amendment. (laughs) You see that? See how fundamentally structurally what you've been told about the document, it's not true at all. It's not a freedom machine the way it's being interpreted and the way people are being told it is. It's nothing at all like that. As I've said many, many, many times, Supreme Court opinions are not the law of the land. They are an opinion that binds the parties who are joined to that case. That's it. Nobody else and no other court ever has to follow it. None. They never have to follow it. The only reason any of that exists is because Congress and the president have sought fit to make sure that that does exist so that the lower courts are all bound. So they wrote a law. And of course, the law itself is laughably and completely absurd and unconstitutional. Congress has the right to have courts, and they have the right to create these courts and to put their jurisdiction, but they don't have the right to change the Constitution and force those courts to do shit that's not constitutional. 
They don't have that right. But of course, none of the judges speak up because they have cushy jobs. They make tons of money. They have fantastic pensions. And if they ever care to leave the bench, which a large number of district court judges do leave the bench, they go into fantastically lucrative private practices right after that. And they just use all of what was, in effect, all of their sway and position. It's just idiotic. So now that you have that understanding, I want to show you that the idea that you need 75% of the states itself proves that the system is not a freedom machine. Because under the system, the system itself, all the other states, they're completely and totally free to abuse anything less than 25% of the states anytime they want with any, really any kind of law because there'd be absolutely nothing that could, the states could do. They could do anything they wanted to those states, and those states could never do anything about it unless they got the Supreme Court on their side. But they have no control of it. And if the Supreme Court just ruled against them, like they ultimately did in Texas v. White in that completely cooked up opinion that claimed that the Civil War's North's position was true and the states had never seceded, which is just demonstrably absurd and, and provably false, which I did with Chad GBT. But if you don't get the Supreme Court to say that, yes, this is unconstitutional, but the Congress has passed, if you don't get them to do that, then it's over. And there's absolutely nothing they can do about it. So how could you set a system up whereby 25% of the states at any time can simply be abused and milked by the other 75% of the states? <laughs> how? I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. See, the 75% of the states could just pass a constitutional amendment themselves and completely screw 25% of the states, no problem. And that would be so-called constitutional. It'd be nothing those 25% of the states could do about it. Nothing. <laughs> you see that? That's the way it's set up. That's the way it's structurally created, is what we're told. And that's yet another proof that, of course, the states are free to leave. They're always free to leave. The idea that you're not allowed to leave just turns the thing into something that nobody would ever agree to. It's the same way that the top 25% of the taxpayers pay basically all of the income tax. Well, how can they ever get that changed? How? Every time there's ever any so-called proposal to cut income taxes, what is the objection all the time? What is the story that's put out? Rich are going to benefit. Well, of course they're going to benefit. They're the only people paying income tax. Literally, the bottom half pays no income tax. They pay Social Security, and Medicare, and Medicaid. But those aren't income taxes. Those are just flat amounts based upon the total amount up to a certain amount. That's it. And those taxes are capped at like $125,000. And after that, you don't pay Social Security and Medicare or Medicaid anymore. And of course, they want to remove that cap too, of course, because that also so-called benefits the rich. But all they're doing is paying what they call payroll taxes. Those are not income taxes. And in fact, huge numbers of people uh, who are in the bottom half get credits and get all sorts of benefits <laughs> from the income tax. So it's impossible for the top 25% to ever change this situation because they can never get the votes because they are by definition a minority. And every so-called minority in every situation inside of this system is always going to be abused, always. And that's why they divide everybody up in, into a million different kinds of minorities. And then they can abuse whichever ones they want to the benefit of the other ones and build these little tiny coalitions. And then they have like the gays want one thing and the single moms want the same thing. And then you screw the uh, men who have children who are divorced. And you can just screw anybody you want because you just get another little coalition together. And ultimately, the people who pay nothing in, 
at all in the income tax have all the power when it comes to the so-called vote. It completely and totally turns it on its head. And all of those things are also completely and totally laughably unconstitutional if you just read the Constitution. But they've all been so-called approved by the Supreme Court. See, they've all been so-called approved. Nobody would agree to that. Who would ever agree to such a system? Why would powerful men get behind such a system and push it? Why? Because they knew they could either manipulate it and be able to use it like they do now. Or the system that they're promoting is simply absolutely nothing like the system we have. That's it. If they were honest men, then the system we have is not their system. If they were dishonest men, then they're the dishonest men, then they're very similar to the powerful people today who are just dishonest. Those are the only options. There's nothing else in between. And so you can see that the system can never work. It will never do what you're told. All this discussion about getting control and doing the right thing and for the country, those things don't work because it's all divided up. It's all divided up. The best you can ever even hope for at this point, the best, would be that somehow you could get control of the system and then abuse the living crap out of 100 million people, which would be less than one-third of the country. So you could say, we have overwhelming support. More than two-thirds of the country supports. Okay, so that means 100 million people don't agree. 100 million people. I don't understand. How is it a great system to abuse 100 million people in ways they don't want? I don't get that. I don't understand the moral high ground. I don't understand how it makes it a good government. And see, no part of this makes any sense if you just look at it. Putting aside how badly watered down your vote is, as so incredibly watered down and only one out of 750,000 people who live in a district, and you're only voting to try to get control of one quarter of 1% of one of the houses. That's all your representative equals. So you get a one in 750,000 say, trying to get a say out of one quarter of 1%. And that doesn't even include the Senate or the presidency or the Supreme Court. Supreme Court, you have no say. President, you don't even get a right to vote for him. You have absolutely no constitutional right whatsoever to vote for president. Senate, originally, you had no right to vote for him. Because the system is not set up the way we're told, the way it's been used since the Civil War. No part of it. Just no part of it. See, that's why, to me, these systems are so patently absurd and the constitutional conservatives and media and academia are just such phenomenal propagandists and terrible people for pushing this stuff on people because they're completely and totally brainwashing people into a system that has no chance. Not a matter of getting the right people in. I just showed you how structurally it can never work. It will guarantee to oppress the living crap out of the vast majority of people and or the vast majority of people are useless like we have now where they're all being subsidized by the small group at the top. And this whole thing exists because the Supreme Court is so fantastically corrupt and has made so many horribly corrupt decisions that the people can't see it. And then they slipped in this absurdly unconstitutional, corrupt, fake money system. And now the entire thing just runs on and all these useless people who don't really even do anything they get supported in a thousand ways through the fake money system. And of course, tons of them have jobs and those people pay taxes. But the whole thing ultimately is a Ponzi scheme that just flows back into itself because there's actually nothing there. There's no money there. And we're already ultimately completely and totally bankrupt to the extent such a thing's even possible under a fake money system. And what I'm trying to show people is that they don't understand the fundamentals and the people running it all. They don't want them to understand. They make sure they don't understand. Because it used to be the way things worked was 
you were a guy who maybe had some kind of colorable claim to some kind of family lineage royal horse shit, or you were just a badass who started his own army to go around and kick ass and take shit from people and then control that land. That's all government ultimately is founded in. Anybody can read Oppenheimer's book on the state and find that all government is founded in criminality. That's all. It's just a matter of once it gets large enough, it makes more sense to turn it into a so-called state and convince people of its so-called authority. And then your crime syndicate is thereby legitimated. That's all. And I put quotes around all that stuff, of course, but that's the reality of all of it. And I would much prefer the honesty of that kind of monarchy type of system where it was very obvious that the people who were so-called in charge were just a bunch of criminals who went around and stayed at constant war. Anybody who goes and researches the history and looks at it outside of the fantastically absurd narrative that you're given will see that all these monarchies were in Europe. And really, it's the same everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're talking about feudal Japan, if it doesn't matter if you're talking about China. Ultimately, all of history is the same thing. It's that you have sort of a, a guy who pops up, and he's a great leader for some reason, and he becomes a very skilled warrior, and he gets a group of people together, and he goes around, and he kills other people and subjugates them into his so-called realm. And then he has kids, or he gets killed by someone else in his court. He gets poisoned. He gets stabbed. There's an uprising against him by the other people. And then there's another fight to see who gets to rule his land. And then some of his land gets taken by other people who are out there. And all this stuff is always the same, repeated over and over and over and over. And they dress it up with fancy titles like king and mogul and things like that. Czar. It makes no difference what you call them. They're all the same. They're criminal warlords who rule over certain areas and collect taxes, i.e., they forcibly extract money, they extort people, they run around like the mob, and they say, you either give us this money or your restaurant's going to burn. That's all the government ultimately is, and that's what it was founded in. And the reason I like it better in those systems is, one, there's no really way to cover it up. Everybody knows who's in charge. So if things suck and they get out of hand, the people would go up there and they would storm the place, they would chop him up, And they would chop up his family and they would put their heads on spikes and then they'd take their chances and the next warlord would come along and they'd believe that the next guy was going to do this or that. But the advantage to it is that it's obvious. It's impossible to really hide. And I have a lot more respect for him because those guys had to go out and actually do the fighting. That's the only way it worked. It's no different than in a mob. You don't rise up in the mob unless you've done a lot of dirty work. You're not willing to do the wet work. You're not going to become a a big mobster. People have to fear you and understand that you're willing to be incredibly ruthless. Everybody saw the usual suspects. That's how Kaiser Sose got started. They went over there. He killed those guys that came to him, left one of them alive, and killed his family right in front of him, told him to go back and tell your bosses what happened. See, that's the kind of ruthlessness that actually ends up winning. And that's what these kings and uh, knights and all this other stupid crap were, but they had to lead from the front. When there was a battle, tons and tons of them got killed in battles. Tons of them. It's true that lots of times they were not killed to the extent that they were then ransomed, but they were probably later killed by somebody else. That was the nature of the system, that the people who ran it, they were out in front. They were leading the army. That's the way it worked for thousands and thousands of years, to the extent you can believe any history we have. 
And of course, if you just give it any kind of thought, just for a moment, you'll realize that, of course, that's the way it works. You're not going to go follow somebody around if they're in the back and they're a coward. That's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. You're never going to build a crew like that. So a lot of these guys were badasses. They were willing to go out there. And they also had some good planning. And so they were just groups that cruised around. They were no different than organized pirates. They were no different than all sorts of things. This was a recognized way of making a living. This is what you did. This is how they got people to join into their armies. People joined because they thought, look, my situation here kind of sucks. I'm the third son. I'm not going to really get any land. There's really no women left in this village. Um, my prospects kind of suck. I've heard there's a guy getting a crew together. They're going to go out and try to kick some ass over in that German area. That looks like a pretty good place from what I've heard. They got hot women. They got a lot of fucking rich resources. I'm going to take my chances with them, and I'm going to sign up. And you fought in battles. And in fact, if you captured one of these sort of bigwigs on the other side, if you didn't kill them, you could ransom them, and you could be set for life. And if you won battles, then you got all sorts of stuff given to you. This is the way they paid the armies. The army knew that this is what was going to happen. You joined, you took your chances, you put up with the crappy sort of conditions. But if you had a good leader, if you had a good general, you could go there, you could actually kick ass and you could become some kind of like head of some province that you would then capture later on. You could get lands back at home. That's what it was all about. And then all that changed. See, all that changed when they brought in this absurd system they call this voting people in charge nonsense that has absolutely no credibility at all. Ultimately, every single time, the rubber meets the road when you get the men with the guns who come. That's it. That's why the FBI is so incredibly powerful when it comes to these presidents. They can just keep secret records on people, arrest them, throw them in holes. CIA, same thing. Military, same thing. You just don't see it in our country. You don't see it in the world because the press and the news present it in a way that makes sure people never catch on to the actual system that's going on. Ultimately, it's all run by the men with the guns. That's it. Now, it doesn't mean that the men with the guns now are the ones who are in charge. It's no different than having a very trusted sort of right-hand man if you were a leader. You couldn't run the entire army. If you had generals and stuff that worked with you, if they liked you, if you continued to have their trust and you dealt honestly with them, they would continue to stay with you because their only other option was to switch sides. And if that other side lost, then they get killed too. And so all of this stuff is just driven by this complete and total selfishness and desire for power. That's all that's actually there. And it's all covered up with these phony baloney elections and these complete jokers who are in Washington, who are completely and totally controlled behind the scenes by the people with the money, just like they always have been. The kings, they would get taken down by the old bankers. And the only difference is now that the bankers, they got organized. They used to do this fractional reserve and all this other crap, and they became very powerful as a result of allowing usury, which was all driven basically by the same little Ferengi group. And anybody who wants to know about it needs to read Hoffman's book, Usury, the mortal sin that was and is no more. And it just shows what happened when in the around 1500, they finally got a Medici in to be a pope. And then they started hammering away and chipping away at the usury. And these same bankers who run it all, they finance these kings. And as soon as they cut the financing off, then the army would dry up and that's it. And if they did win, then they owed the bankers all sorts of stuff.
That's the way it works. And it's the same way now. It's the only difference is that now the bankers don't really run it, the front-facing bankers. The bankers, bankers are all behind the scenes, the ones who run this fake money system that allows this complete and total fraud called government to run on. Tens of trillions, hundreds of trillions in unfunded liability, tens of trillions in debt. It all continues to run on as they just pay this and that to stay in so-called power. And they're doing it now so they can build this electronic prison system. But it's always been the same, and it's still the same today. <laughs> you can see what happens with BLM. They go and burn a city down. Does anybody go stop them? No, nobody goes and stops them. If you try to go out there and stop them, what will happen? Then the men with the guns from the government will come and kill you. That's it. They'll pick you up and put you in a cage. If you complain, what happens? You get put in a cage. It all comes down to that. It's the same exact system. It's the same way the country so-called became great. We went across, we just killed the Indians. We just made trees with them when we get in a bad situation, and then we just break the treaty. Since we had the advantage again, when we brought up enough supplies and ammo, we had more men, then we go back there and we go back there and we kill them. We'd, we'd break the treaty. We did it over 100 times. And still people will run around and tell me, well, that's just the way it was, just the way it was. Okay, I get it. That's fine. I understand that. I'm not complaining about that. I'm complaining about the hypocrisy of pretending that it's something else and then acting like the game's now over. Why is the game over? If that's what this country was built on, and in fact it was, that's what it was built on, buying the Louisiana Purchase from somebody who never owned it, it's absurd. The land no one even knew what was in that was filled with millions of people, it's moronic. We go out there and we just kill them. We show up and kill them, bring all of our... Weapons that were so superior and just killed them, tricked them, brought a disease to them, signed treaties, broke them again and again. This is what we did. Okay. Okay, that's what we did. So I don't understand the basis to stop now. See, it's the same way the royalty in all these different places continues to hold on to all this wealth they had once they brought in these phony baloney republics where the people are in charge. Well, the people continue to be treated just like slaves. They're just debt slaves now of this fake system. They don't own anything. They don't have anything. You can look around. It's still the elite own it all, these old families. But even to the extent you can get new wealth, it's almost all created strictly by the central bank fakery now. But my point is, okay, so the system's running. Okay, that's the way it works. Why stop? I don't understand. Why stop? Let's see what all these people who've accumulated all this stuff can hang on to now. Let's see. Shouldn't be the police and the army protecting these people. That doesn't make any sense. I thought it was a free-for-all, that you go out there and you get what you can, you take what you can, the strong in this and the strong that. Okay. But see, they've tricked all the people into working for the military for this nothing, for this shit money. They're living basically below the poverty line. They get food stamps. They live like crap. They get medals. They get blown apart. That's why Henry Kissinger says that military men are stupid, dumb animals to be abused and treated like that. That's why they have that attitude. It's the same thing for cops. They just want to pick up a pension. They're not fighting for honor or anything else. They fight for the people who pay them. They're mercenaries. That's all it is. And they're incredibly poorly paid. And they maintain this system now because the people are so brainwashed about fighting for the glory of the union. And they misrepresent history to act as though the people were fighting for the glory of the nation, the king, and the, all this other shit. They were fighting for money and a better situation. That's all. If you went back in time and tried to tell them, oh, no, 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 we're not going to give you any of that. No, no, no. But we are going to give you a medal. Oh, and a sincere thank you. Well, I'm going to keep all the fucking spoils of war. They would have just killed the guy at that point. 
Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, legal man? (laughs) Well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. They were fighting for money and a better situation. That's all. If you went back in time and tried to tell them, oh, no, 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 we're not going to give you any of that. No, no, no. But we are going to give you a medal. Oh, and a sincere thank you. Well, I'm going to keep all the fucking spoils of war. They would have just killed the guy at that point. That's all. They just would have killed him. And yet now they have everybody so brainwashed that literally the people fought in World War II, they were conscripted in, blown apart. And then still run around talking about patriotism when it's just obvious as hell. The whole thing was just faked up deal. And so they have everybody completely convinced that this thing that doesn't actually exist about the freedom and the people and of buying for is what they're fighting for when they're not. And that's what I object to. And if people knew the truth, they could never, ever get the support of the men with the guns. And everybody would know that the men with the guns, okay, to the extent that they're protecting us, they're our enemy. They're our enemy. Why do you think it's in there that you can't quarter soldiers among the people without their consent in the Constitution? Why is that in there? Why? (laughs) They have cops living among us, military living among us, and they take orders from them. You have the National Guard in each one of the states. The thing's under federal control. Look at the chain of command. See, it's all been flipped on its head because the people are fundamentally confused about who's in charge, what's actually going on, who's running it. That's all. That's the problem we have, that people don't understand government, they don't understand authority, they don't understand power, they don't understand that everything ultimately gets run by men with guns. If you just ignore a court order, then you're off the hook, right? Oh, no, wait, they'll send men with guns to come get it. Unless you're Hillary Clinton or Hunter Biden or anybody else, in which case you can do whatever you want. And you have no fear at all that men with guns from government will come and get you. See, that's the system. It's the system is there if people will just see it. But how much could all these crooks hang on to if this was a free for all? Everybody knew. (laughs) How much could Bill Gates hang on to all that land he so-called bought? No, it all be taken from him. Okay, these people would catch these people out in public, they'd string them up. Anybody who was acting as private security force with them would be putting their own life in danger. Instead, they're seen as heroes and fighting for law and order and all this crap. And how does all this happen? It happens because constitutional conservatives brainwash people, just like liberals push this brainwashing about the U.S. and the flag and the heroes and all this other stupid crap. That's the problem, people. See, that right there is the fundamental brainwashing that people don't understand the way government works, what government is, and what actually is the moving force of government. But when you start to see it, when it starts to come together, then you can start to see, oh, okay, yeah, we live in a complete and total fantasy land. And the people are totally brainwashed. And the biggest problem are these constitutional conservatives who push this law and order horseshit because so many of them are in military and police. And... 
they will kill people. They will. Everyone saw what happened with the COVID. Cops weren't refusing to do any of that. Just doing my job, following orders. They just want to collect a pension, go down and tell it to the judge, all these fantasies they have in there. Gets them off the hook, and then people turn on their television, and what do they see? Just endless shows, night and day, all the time. Movies, TV, everything. Glorifying the fantastic man who sacrificed himself for the so-called country. All the cops who are supposedly protecting us. All the special service this and that going in and raiding a terrorist group. Oh, you know, have all nuclear bomb, they got it, and they reel it. It's all bullshit, man. It's all bullshit. This is a group of people who are pretending to be legitimate, calling themselves a government, running it. And they just laugh their asses off at people stupid enough to put up with it. And of course, through the fake money system, they've been able to buy up all the universities and businesses and think tanks and media, and they just brainwash people night and day, all the time, their entire lives. And when I tell people this stuff, they just get angry with me. That's how deep the brainwashing is. Instead of realizing, oh yeah, what the hell? Uh, I better look into that. No, no, no. He must be a kook. He needs to move to Somalia. All the same kind of brainwashing, knee-jerk reaction nonsense that they put into it. CIA itself coined that phrase, conspiracy theorist, in order to cover up the crap they did with JFK, which has now come out. And does it make any difference? No, it's the same kind of shit over and over. Over and over. So I hope that gives people some kind of perspective of the way things really are, really were, and how far we are from anything like what people imagine we're living in. So, so far from. We're not the good guys. It's not that there's good guys out there in government in some other country. There aren't. But we are not the good guys. And it's so funny to me. We fought on the side of the commies in World War II. And now people are surprised that communism is somehow taking over. These constitutional conservatives, the biggest fucking fans of World War II and the military and everything else, they can't make the connections. Like, they can't connect two simple dots. We fought for the commies to keep them from falling. And they definitely would have fallen, for sure. The only thing that kept them alive was all the aid we sent in there from the back door through Siberia. Otherwise, they would have fallen. And then we'd have been rid of communism. But the people in charge, the bankers who started all that and love communism and want all this stuff and push both sides and finance both sides didn't want that to happen. And you're not allowed to speak about it because you're immediately called names and accused of wanting to do things to certain people. And it's completely preposterous and absurd because none of this stuff's discussable. But the reality is that there was a money system that was put in in Germany and the people were doing great. Very quickly, they turned it around from the nightmare they had under the other system. And when that happened, there was a war declared against Germany because they could not lose control of the central banking system. And to the extent that Hitler was also in on the thing, I've seen every kind of theory. We can't know. I know this. We fought on the side of the commies. And that doesn't make any sense. And I know all the different ways that Hitler tried to make peace prior to the war, tried to avoid the war. And anybody who wants to read anything about that needs to read some of the books like The Bad War or What Hitler Offered. There's all sorts of books you can see, and the people will be shocked, just like they're shocked when I tell them that as soon as the South seceded, they immediately began negotiations with European powers, whereby if they got financing and support in their war against the North when they were being attacked— that they would get rid of slavery. And so they were willing to negotiate it away in order to get protection and be independent. When I tell people that, their minds are blown, for the most part, because the narrative is so fake that we're given. 
about how the South was fighting for slavery to keep slaves. It was a very small part for a very small part of the, the people in there because only about 1% or 2% of the people in the South basically owned all the slaves. 75% of the people didn't own any slaves at all in the South. So it's completely impossible you'd have such popular support to keep an institution that literally 75% of the people had nothing to do with. Nothing. It's just idiotic. And the 25% of the people held a slave, but the vast majority of those people only held one slave. It's basically like having a worker. It wasn't like uh, there was a huge difference between you and your slave. Yeah, they've had shittier quarters and stuff. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that the narrative is just as fake as the fake narrative we're given about World War II. And all you have to do is look at who we fought for. And so every part of all these narratives that are out there, they're all completely fake. And it's almost impossible for people to sort it out because academia and media and entertainment is so fantastically purchased and owned by six groups, basically. And they just push the same lies over and over, just like trust the science, all that same kind of crap, all the same thing, just like September 11th, 19 hijackers. It's always the same kind of bullshit narratives. They just get pushed. And one of the narratives they push, all of them push, is this red versus blue nonsense, constitutional construction, freedom machine uh, of buying for the people thing that they, they both sides push. And now I've just showed you how untrue it is. And you never, ever, ever hear about the way military really works, police really work, the history of government that actually exists, all these monarchies and all this other crap. But they're acting like these fantastic people who actually ran a country. It's just a made up thing. It's just a made up thing. Like I said, anybody who wants to should go read Oppenheimer's book uh, on the state. He wrote it like 125 years ago. It's a very famous book. And his research is just clear as day. And everybody will see it. Nock followed up on it as well. If you want to, you can also read him. Same kind of stuff. So anyway, so there you go. Hopefully this show gives you a little bit of perspective. It is a legal show, in my opinion, but it's also a perspective of the legal system show. So there you go. If you want to follow me, you can. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Crime Review on Twitter, even though they keep me very, very suppressed. The movie Jones Plantation, we had the screening of it last Saturday night in Phoenix, and people really liked the movie a lot. They seemed to enjoy every part of it. And that's great. And we're going to be at Porkfest on June 21st, and then we're going to have a screening in Dallas sometime in Sometime in those kinds of time frames coming up, we're going to release it digitally is what Andrew said. They're going to get a website up. You're going to be able to buy it there, and then you're going to be able to buy merchandise, and eventually it'll be available in other places. But in the beginning, it'll be that. Because if we just put it on certain kinds of services, all they do is just take everything, and it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. you got to make some of your money back. you got to be able to make the thing worthwhile for this years of labor in order to get your money back and be reimbursed. And there's nothing unreasonable about that. So I hope when the movie is actually available for people to purchase, that they uh, buy it, buy it for all sorts of people, watch it, enjoy it. It's, it's really good. Everybody who's seen it so far that I've talked to, and I've had comments posted to me on Twitter, and we met afterwards with the Q&A and everything, they all really liked it a lot because it's really good. I was laughing my ass off. I can't wait to be able to buy it. I'm going to buy multiple copies of it because I really enjoy it, and I'm going to give it to people myself. So thank you for everybody who came out, and I hope that we get to see more of you at the upcoming stuff. And I want to thank the people in Patreon who support my show, who kicks get in the game, and understand that I take a lot of risks making this show and have for a long time. Told people a lot of truth that's just not going to be available because there's just not another lawyer doing it to the extent any other lawyer even knows. There's no money in it. It's just all I do is take risk. 
<laughs> those guys who push that constitutional conservatism crap and all the other things that are out there. Um, it's just a way for them to make money. They're not telling people the truth. And I don't get upset with them because that's their choice. But uh, please don't pretend that you're telling the truth if you ever come up against me. That's silly. They're just making stuff up. And that's what they do on media, too. That's what they do on media. These guys who have these big shows, TV, radio, huge websites, stuff, newsletters. It's just all bullshit they're telling people. It's all, you know. And, and they do it because they make millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars snowing people. And, you know, whatever. That's what they do. <laughs> That's just something I don't want to do right now. So I just chose not to do that. So thank you to the people who support my show. I really do appreciate it. And beyond that, I don't think there's anything else to say. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time. Legal man.